I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense, reason, and intellect has intended us to forego their use. KUCI Era. Your number one source for FM. We are all, by any practical definition of the words, foolproof and incapable of error. listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, good afternoon and welcome to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am your host, Kimberly Martin, and I was driving down here with my with my daughter and her good friend in the car. So if uh, Maddie and I are listening, I just wanted to say hi, have fun, be safe, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Um, but in any case, it was funny because they said, well, mom, what are you going to talk on the um, radio about today? And I said, well, we're going to talk about boobs. Oh, wait, did I get everybody's attention? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope I did. So I was explaining to them that, you know, as you grow older and, you know, you have to analyze all the parts to make sure they're functioning, they have these certain diagnostic tools and mammography doesn't work for me. For some reason, I had, you know, I don't know, densely tissued breasts. And so th- they kept coming back with these inconclusive readings. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting conundrum. Where do you go from here? And so I'm really pleased to be joined by Orange County Thermography Certified Clinical Thermographer Dana Bays. Dana, thank you so much for coming in today and talking to us about what really ends up being a very unique and um, not well-known diagnostic tool. Actually, I'm not supposed to say diagnostic tool, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's just say on the journey to finding a diagnosis of something. So um, we have lots of different ways to read into our bodies. Some really come with inherent risks, uh, dangers that people really don't want with the exposure to radiation. I mean, I very intentionally didn't take my kids to the dentist because oftentimes treatment for people can be very aggressive and it involves a lot of, you know, leaky old, oh gosh, this, the fear of walking into an old dentist's office and seeing one of those old eyesore x-ray machines and then going, you're not putting that up against my little kid's brain. Sorry, that's just not happening. Right. But there's so, um, there's so much misunderstood about that and I just wanted to to do my part to help tease out one other way that people could get some information without exposing themselves to some danger. And really, it's funny because I didn't come to you to have my breasts looked at. I had a very unique thing happen the other day where, well, it was like about a month or ha- month and a half ago, I needed to get a new crown on a tooth. And I thought, oh, if I have a, a root canal in there, I, maybe this is cause, what's causing some of the problems. And then I made the mistake of going on the internet. And I called my dentist and I said, I'm not going on the internet to look this up until I talk to you first. W- w- you know, what am I going to see and how am I going to encounter it? Well, just the exposure to a root canal and the and the potential side effects um, of basically storing you know anaerobic bacteria in there mm-hmm. that can happen from that procedure it really scared me enough that I wanted to come and do a couple things. So I did a CT scan of my of my um, of my jaw, and I went and had a full body thermography procedure with you. 
And I just am so fascinated by the technology. And I thought, you know what? Let's talk about this. Because I heard about this 30 years ago, and then it never entered the scope of my understanding after that. And I thought, let's, let's just explain to people what this is. Absolutely. So. And I'm glad you came in. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so come a little closer to that mic and then tell us what thermography is. So thermography shows how your heat or how the heat in your body gets out of your skin. We all have our own way of doing that. So a thermography is going to show a lot of different colors when you get the results. There's anywhere ranging from white to red to yellow to orange to blue. So red showing that there can be inflammation. And as most of us know, inflammation can be a source of an an illness, an accident, something that's not quite right within the body, all the way to blue, which is going to show where your blood is not circulating well. Ah, okay. So I am looking at, for our listeners, some images of some body parts that have been looked at through, is it a camera that we're using to get this tool? It's a camera. And the ones that I use are specifically for the human body. There are some out there that are used for fire detection through buildings. Well, that's not really the kind that you want to be looking at your body with. You want it to be a body-specific thermography camera. Okay. And looking at an image like these, these basically they're they are sections of this person who had their and this is not mine by the way. Um <laughs> otherwise I'd be going, oh no. <laughs> um there are sections of the bodies like knees, um, shoulders, feet, neck area, um, abdomen area, and they're showing different heat so it actually looks like beautiful rainbow pictures they're pretty cool yeah they are cool you can put them on your wall for sure yeah they're gorgeous but um i just like i said going on the internet you don't want to you don't want your mind to race and go ah absolutely um and and start going crazy because sometimes a diagnostic tool i'm sorry what would you call this it's an imaging tool i'm saying the wrong word it's an imaging tool um, can give you more information than you know what to do with. So how do you take the information that's given through this methodology and use it wisely for um, for your health? So what happens when you come in just for those who don't know what this is? You get your images taken. We send those to a doctor for a report. Then you get that report. You take it to your doctor and go through that to see where problems can be. So for instance, you've got a lot of red in your gut well are you also having problems are you also what are you eating do you need to have a test to see what food you're allergic to so it's it's just letting you be proactive about things that are happening and it shows things a lot earlier oh now that's interesting to me so is all heat radi is all heat inflammation or or is that necessarily a true statement? Maybe that's can't be it. It can't be all of it, but it, it is most of it. Um, it's always going to show, um, you know, I, I have people come in and, and you'll see a lot of red in their shoulder. And I'll say, did you sleep wrong or did you work out in the last couple of days? I'll be like, yeah, my shoulder feels like I, I can't really move it. So, mm. you know, it's, it's not always a bad thing. It just can be just a temporary Okay. Redness. Okay, so if you want to look at some of the images that we're looking at here, you have some of those up on your website. It's octhermography.com. And so this was, um, it was an interesting visit. I just stood there and kind of spread eagle, let yeah. you take some images of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that it was in a, what you would call a temperature controlled environment. In other words, the environment had to be pretty cool didn't it? It couldn't be warm. Don't want you to be freezing. Don't want you to be hot. Just want you to be at a neutral temperature. And we do that so that every time you come back, whether it's an annual visit, you're in the same temperature every time. Okay. We want those to be consistent results. So you keep the vari- the variables at a minimum so that you can get a good reading. Yeah, it's about two degrees variance and that's it. Okay, now I was surprised when the images came back that they were interpreted by a board-certified medical doctor. Yes. And it says that he uses a specific scoring system to evaluate breast health. Can you talk to us about what that is so that our listeners would know a little bit about the scoring system? Well, basically what's going to happen when you come in, let's just say for the breast thermogram, they're going to tell you if they see any changes from your previous. And then at the bottom of the report, they're going to say if it's within normal limits, um, if there's some change, then that's that's kind of the scoring there. They're going to let you know if things have changed or if they look different. 
Okay. So really, your first visit is to establish a baseline. Is that the only thing you, you can do with that? Or can you get some information that you go, gee, I better go look at that? You can definitely get some information. Um, the only thing that we really do the baseline on is the breast, just okay. because of all the hormones and the changes that happen within specifically a woman's body. That's why we have you come in once and we have you come in three months later. Okay. And that establishes a baseline. If there's no change within those three months, we say, okay, well, we'll see you in a year. Okay. And so are, are women putting themselves on a schedule using this over a mammogram and finding that that is this imaging tool is safer and better? I mean, what is what's how is this layering into their healthcare protocols? Well, a lot of women don't want to go through radiation and that's maybe a previous maybe a previous cancer patient, too. Right. And just people who have read about radiation and don't want it. Now, because a mammogram sees structure and a thermogram shows blood flow, you are seeing two different things within your body. So that makes the accuracy go up. So instead of saying um, a mammogram is generally about 85% shows you what's going on. Diagnostic. Mm -hmm. When you combine that with thermography, it goes up to about 93%. So you are seeing more of what's going on in the body. Um, You... It is a good idea, you know, to do mammograms every once in a while. A lot of people still do it annually. But if you aren't going to do anything at all, at least do a thermogram. There is no radiation whatsoever. Okay. So if you're particularly fear-based, and and I'm not saying you're fear-based without reason, because I definitely think... Um, our our intuition feeds a big part of this, so let's let's go with the gut, right? Absolutely. Um, but I I do think this is um, um, a safe bet to go. I mean, there's no downside to this, right? There really isn't. I mean, it's nobody touches you. There's no radiation. Uh, you know, we did the full body with you, but when if you just came in for the breast, it's literally five minutes. It's so quick to be able to get those images and send those to a doctor and just have peace of mind. Interesting. You know, I have so many questions when, you know, just for any doctor, if I go in, but I just kind of thought this gave me a really good place to start. Absolutely. It kind of helped me narrow down or say, okay, we're, this is something I need to go look at next week. The next month I'll tackle this issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, this, you know, I have, you know, a lot of what I would call, I don't think it's arthritis, but pain, you know, just probably inflammation pain. And um, I wanted to know about that. That's why I went with the whole body. It mm-hmm. made sense to me to to just get a good look, see and see. And I haven't really gone to interpret my results yet. Otherwise, I'd share them with my listeners. <laughs> but um but I was really intent on ruling out the oral infection just to see how uh, pervasive that was. And I was, you know, lucky to see that it wasn't as big of a deal as I was concerned it was. So that was helpful. The information was helpful. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, so if you're just tuning in, this is Real People OC, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. And we are having a discussion with Dana Bays. Um, What is a CCT, Certified Clinical... I'm sorry, certified clinical thermographer. Certified. certified, (laughs) It's a mouthful. Yes, it sure is. It's kind of hard to say. Um, And she is with Orange County Thermography. How long have you been doing this? Under a year, actually. I've been having the scans done myself for over four years. Okay. But I um, just kind of a background is I lost my husband to cancer when he was 41, and he was a very healthy individual, so we thought. Um, And when he passed away so young... I wanted to be more proactive about my health. And so I'd heard about thermography thermography through my doctor. And I met the previous owner of the company I have now and just was so enthralled with what I can learn and how what I've changed in my own life to try and be healthier and to, to be here longer. So were you seeing things using this, this imaging tool that you said, okay, this is obviously not manifesting itself physically yet on your you know, external radar, but you looked at it and you go, I need to improve this area. Like how, how would one use this information? Well, I would say I was, well, I was very surprised at how inflamed that my stomach was, my gut. Oh, interesting. And you weren't having symptoms. Well, I I kind of was, but I thought, oh, just maybe I ate too much of that or drank too much of this. And I just, I didn't take my body's signs seriously. Okay, and this gave you a little window into maybe what what you would be experiencing down the road? Yeah, and so, you know, taking that information to my doctor, and she said, you know, let's do a food allergy test. Well, finding out that 
oh gosh, 90% of what I was eating, I'm pretty much allergic to and it causes inflammation in my body. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, healing that quote unquote leaky gut (laughs) that most of us have has been a huge change in my life. Right. That's that's a good one. And that's a big one. Um, I don't know if everybody's noticed this, but if you want to be an expert in health now, everybody has to understand the term of inflammation as being this key role. And, and it's kind of this one disease, many faces. We, we all think that we all have different diseases, but in reality, we have inflammation. Yes. And the way inflammation rears its ugly head has all sorts of different names. So, um, so that's kind of an interesting thing to use this tool just to see where that is and how you might go about addressing some of those things. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, now you said that you had a medical doctor recommend that you go get thermography. What would, are doctors receptive to this imaging tool or let's talk a little bit about that. I've got a lot of doctors who do send their clients and patients to me. Um, I, I think it, you know, it has to be a doctor that's informed about it. That a lot, a lot of them, you know, they do a lot of Eastern Western medical, and I think they're just more open to things that are going to be more holistic in nature. So, are most of your referrals coming from MDs? They are. They're coming from MDs that kind of practice the Eastern Western medical together. So, you know, they're giving their clients supplements, but they're also doing medications. So, they're sending them to me as a more proactive you know, way to look at inflammation and, and do you see it? Because with a mammogram, yes, you're going to see structure. You can see if there's a, a lump or a bump or a tumor or something like that, but it doesn't show the inflammation within there. Okay. All right. Now, so you need, you need this reading from the from this radiologist what um where does somebody go to there let's say i mean for someone like me i kind of came to you independently i wasn't really referred to by anybody but that's probably not typical is it actually i've, I've got about 50 50 really yeah. <laughs> so people that have figured this out they come to you on their own absolutely okay and um what if somebody's just hot and they're not inflamed how do you determine the difference are the colors indicative of inflammation versus just being you know somebody that's overall hot well there are things that you do to prepare like you probably remember that you did some prep coming in to see me Uh, you're not drinking coffee you're not working out you're not laying out on the beach so you're getting your body in a more neutral position when you come in so and that's why we have you in that temperature controlled room okay so it really shouldn't read hot if you're just a hot person, yeah, it, it'll show inflammation and it'll show um, lack of circulation. If that's a, something that you struggle with, okay. No matter what you're, you know, if you're hot or cold. <laughs> All right, very good. All right, well, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back to you. And um, I don't know if anybody has any questions and they want to call in. We certainly would entertain um, a phone call. So just check in with us if you'd like. Um, 824-5824 is that call-in number. We are in the 949 area code. Again, it's 824-5824. We'll be right back with you. I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense... Reason and intellect has intended us to forego their use. KUCI Your number one source for FM. We are all, by any practical definition of the words, foolproof and incapable of error. Hello, this is Claudia Shambaugh, your host of Ask a Leader, airing on Tuesday mornings from 9 until 10. Join me as we explore the worlds of leaders of all stripes, of all ages, from all realms of our society. These leaders may be voted into office, appointed, anointed, or volunteers. We'll examine them all in this show. Subjects include politics, government, religion, human rights, culture, physical and mental health, and more. We'll find leaders in places the rest of us aren't even looking. In Tampa, where all stories start, or seldom if ever do, there stood in bygone days a heart, which had upon its every part inscriptions in royal blue. 
This may perhaps be true. If true or not, we cannot say. It doesn't matter anyway. Some things we're bound to miss. Let ignorance be bliss. The Darkling Eclectica, Sunday afternoons from 4 till 6, right here on KUCI. feel about conflict? How do you deal with conflict? Do you experience the fight or flight response? Do you bury your feelings until they come out insidiously? Every one of us has conflict in our lives. It's natural since each of us sees life from our own unique perspective. The Chinese word for conflict is made up of two symbols, danger and opportunity. When a misunderstanding occurs, If you handle the situation effectively, positive changes happen. But if you don't have the tools to find solutions, hostilities increase, and the conflict can escalate into angry positions, destroyed relationships, expensive lawsuits, or worse, violence or war. So join us every Monday morning from 8.30 to 9 a.m. and listen as I interview expert conflict healers and VIP peacemakers who will give you powerful prescriptions for healing the conflict in your own life. It's about trust. watching you on surveillance cameras, reading your emails, or listening in on your private phone conversations. Consider all the information you give up each day, from the fast-track scans on your morning commute to the credit card purchases at Starbucks. Who's tracking your cell phone, student, or even medical records, or logging your keystrokes at work or even at home? Your data is shared to create detailed profiles of all your activities. What can you do to protect yourself? Join me, Attorney Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Hi, I'm attorney Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. If you use a computer at work, there's a good chance your email is being monitored. Increasingly, the E in email stands for eavesdropping. It's a growing trend for employers to tell if you're working or just plain goofing off. Privacy intrusion also includes keyboard use, internet surfing, monitoring your voicemail, hidden cameras, and concealed microphones. If you're concerned about your privacy and what else is happening in the information age, join us. I'm Mari Frank, host at 8 to 9 a.m. every Monday morning on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Thanks. You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. All right, we are back again with Dana Bays. She is a certified clinical thermographer, and we are talking about this imaging tool that is just another one to add in case you um, add to your bag of tricks in terms of going after trying to find um, rooting out health issues. And it's it's not a very well known procedure, and it comes with no risk. So. I felt like, wow, something that, that doesn't have any negative side effects, we need to at least share that with, with the general public so they know they have more options. Give us, if you would, let's share some stories of some, s- some outcomes that happen for people using this 
diagnostic or this imaging tool. I keep doing that. I'm really sorry. I promise okay. you I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, I'm it's not diagnostic. I'm it's not diagnostic. Oh, okay. <laughs> keep saying it. You know, I the first story that comes to mind is 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 my own. Okay. I kept having pain in my left breast and I went and had my thermogram. Of course, I had someone else do it for me and they did. They found a change. And I thought, oh gosh, what are we dealing with here? So I did go and get a mammogram. And the mammogram did not show anything. I thought, well, I'm still having this pain. The thermogram showed something. This is not giving me peace of mind. So my doctor then sent me to get an ultrasound and found the cyst. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. So I'm not saying that mammography is a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It, you know, it, it can be a very good thing. But I was very lucky that I got to do all three and really see what it showed. Well, and probably the most important part of this message is that it didn't show up on the memo right. on the mammogram. Exactly. And that's been, I don't want to say it's been pushed, but I think it's kind of been given to us as the end all and the be all in terms of, of diagnostic tools. And there, that's a perfect example of of why you would want to kind of expand your thinking a little bit. And, exactly. And this, this gives you that. Now, I'm wondering if... When you layered your ultrasound back over your thermogram, could you see where the cyst was when you had a clear um, idea in mind of what you were looking for? Basically, I could see in both where the, where the pain was and where the lump was, yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And not something you could feel with a breast exam then? Nope, not at oh, all. Oh, that's nope. so frustrating. Wow. Okay, so you do need this mixed bag of tricks. Absolutely. This bag of tricks. Um, there was another one where you said somebody had avoided surgery. Yes. Let's talk about that, the blue hip. So a patient came in and <clears throat> said, you know, I've got all this snapping and popping in my hip and I feel like it's almost frozen. And I, you know, I'm expecting that we're probably going to see a lot of inflammation in there. Well, it was the exact opposite. It was blue. There was no circulation going to that hip. Oh, that that's completely unexpected. Okay. Exactly. So the nice thing is, is she started going to physical therapy and opening that hip up. And that's what cured her. There was no surgery involved. There was no medication involved. It was, you know, it... It was just simply stretching and just getting the blood going there again. Wait, so wait, so you're saying she avoided surgery? Avoided. So she would have maybe thought she would have had to go get a hip replacement or something else. Just yeah, having all that pain all the time, <clears throat> that thinking, oh, you know, something it must be bone on bone or it must be degenerative, and that really wasn't the case. Okay, all right, very cool. I like that story. Um, and then another one where somebody found out they had. We're going to call this person the redhead. The redhead. <laughs> The blue hip and the redhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, she had kind of just a, a crackly voice and sounded congested, but she didn't notice it. And so what the thermogram showed is she had a bunch of almost look like red drips in the in her forehead. Interesting. And basically what that was was her sinuses. She had horrible allergies and had no clue. And she never had gone to treat them or anything? No, just didn't think about it. Thought, oh, this is just how I am. This is my voice. This is just how I am all the time. And That that actually, I can concur with that a little bit because when I went to have the CT scan of my jaw, mm -hmm. uh, the doctor says, oh my gosh, you're completely clogged up on your sinuses in this one side. And I don't have any indication of that right. while I'm here. So that's, you know, that can turn into something later down the road, right? Exactly. And any way you can clear up inflammation, the better. Now, is this a situation of where more information is not necessarily better? Or is this a situation where more information is better? How, how would you evaluate that philosophically? Well, let's put it this way. I would not go on to Google and start looking at everything that could be wrong. That's what we talked about in the car. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about that there was some mis misinformation out there, you know, and that's that's something we for sure wanted to Absolutely. try to clear up. Now I'm noticing, um, I, let's just call them some convenient biases when you go research certain things, information isn't there. Mm -hmm. But you're saying in this case, there's misinformation already out there. Absolutely. So I, let's I, talk a little bit about that. You go Google thermography and it'll say, can diagnose cancer. Well, it cannot diagnose cancer. It is not a diagnostic tool. It's just going to show where inflammation is. And then once you know that, you work with your doctor to see what can that be? What could that be? 
and you you can't ignore that it's there exactly and just because it hasn't produced itself into a lump or you know possibly um a cancer diagnosis through blood tests or however other means they use you do know by looking at it that something is there and you need to look at it and do something right because there's a thing called angiogenesis and that's the formation of new blood vessels and that can happen within three months holy moly that fast that fast so Say you're having a mammogram. And you, when and you mean the new blood vessels, that is to feed a cancer um, yes. cyst or, t- or tumor. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So if, you, it's, if it's just starting and there's no lump and there's no bump, uh, you know, a mammogram isn't going to show that. Oh, my goodness. So you're saying you could see that on a thermogram. Right. So that's why we do that, that baseline where we have you come in at month one and come in at month three. So okay. if there is angiogenesis, we're going to see something pop up in that thermogram. Now, that does not <clears throat> always mean cancer. I want to make that very clear that right. we're not diagnosing it. But it sure gives you an early detection of something going on that you need to deal with. Okay. And um, I have to say that I found the the fee for this to be very reasonable. It was not... Um, uh, it's probably not covered by insurance very commonly, is it? Unfortunately, no. No, it's not. so um, that is something to address for people. So I did go out of pocket for for this, but I really felt like, wow, I I felt like I had a direction to go in, and so um, that gave me a lot of peace of mind. Good. So yeah, so thank you. So um, as we were as as we've explored this relationship a little bit. I found out that you're an esthetician and that you work um, in teaching a lot um, how to how to work with um, let me just let you describe what what it is that you do because you do teaching in in an oncology teaching program exactly I teach for oncology spa solutions and that's helping estheticians to understand how to properly treat cancer patients are they uh, skin cancer patients or cancer in general or give give me an example of what you mean by that really cancer in general um, um, when someone's going through cancer, a cancer diagnosis, they're frail. Their skin is frail. Everything hurts. There's so many things that are toxic that can burn the skin when you're in that state. So really understanding what you're putting on your client. Oh, you mean um, estheticians maybe aren't necessarily educated on what's best for a patient that's compromised immunocompromised or you're thinking that some of these products just aren't necessary or in the case of a cancer patient would just cause outright harm all of that to be honest um Mm -hmm. you know going through aesthetic school i want to say we covered about five minutes in all of our 600 hours five minutes of what how to treat cancer patients so really nothing was said and you could hurt someone you know we do a lot of um, facial massage and shoulder massage in a typical facial well you're not going to do that with a cancer patient you don't want to move the lymph around you don't want to move that blood around you want to be so careful about it you okay so wow that's really interesting Mm -hmm. so um because i know a lot of people go and have a lymph massage thinking that that would be the best thing to do to move everything around but what what you just touched on is actually really interesting. Yeah, not when you have a cancer diagnosis. Okay, so why? Well, what can happen is you can push the blood in the body through it and it can create it can create cancer. I mean, it, it can just putting more blood <coughs> in an area. You don't want things to grow and move. I see. Also, when a client's being treated, you don't want to do anything that's going to get in the way of the chemo or the radiation. Okay. The, the treatment that they're receiving. Right. So you educate estheticians on how to walk that delicate balance. Yes. Would it, would it be best just to avoid estheticians while you're <laughs> seeking treatment or, you know? You know, if they're not a trained oncology esthetician, yes, you should avoid it. But I know that a lot of my clients, they come in and they are so compromised. Their skin is bright red. It itches. It This hurts. is from the treatment, right? Yes. From the radiation? Mm-hmm. They get the... This. And even chemo. It comes out your skin. Oh, okay. So they can really be going through a lot. And just to be able to soothe them, um, what I've heard that just breaks my heart is that when someone has cancer, nobody wants to touch them. Right. And that hour that they spend with just being touched and soothed Mm -hmm. and not thinking about cancer for a minute Mm -hmm. is such a relaxing time for them. Right. But yet you don't want the 
appointment to result in a downside for the client. So the education is, is important. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I didn't know this before I really went and did some research and I met Becky Keen, who, who started the um, oncology spa solutions network. And it scared me that, gosh, have I ever seen a patient that was going through chemo and I didn't even think to ask. Oh, interesting. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what Spa Solutions is? Yes, Oncology Spa Solutions is, we teach classes online, but also all over the United States. It's, I love the, uh, the, you know, when you're in the classroom because you are actually working with cancer patients. We have survivors come in and talk about their journey and what they went through. And so that our estheticians really understand not only how they felt in their skin, but psychologically, and how you can be such a help to them. Okay, so is this like an extra certificate that an esthetician can get? And yes. would yes. this help them professionally? Absolutely, because after they graduate from aesthetic school and they pass the state boards, um, they can come to this three-day class and really learn about products, um, learn about cancer in general, so that you just are, are just more well-versed in it. And that you know what to do and what not to do. Because I don't think anyone out there wants to hurt anybody. You know, sure. I, I, you know, being an esthetician, you want to love on someone's skin. Right, right. Now, when you said you learn about products, did you mention that there are so many out there that are toxic? Can we talk a little bit about that and how to navigate that web where, you know, people are just being sold so much gunk and then they're putting it on their bodies, not knowing Absolutely. the downside, really. I think the first thing that comes to mind is think about what you're putting on your body every day. You know, toothpaste, hairspray, blush, soap, you know, soap, everything. I mean, there's just so much that you're putting in. And if you look at this list and, and I will put that up, um, I'll put that up on my uh, Instagram and my Facebook. It's um, by Dolled Up by Dana. Say that again slowly. It's so this is Dolled underscore up underscore by underscore Dana. Okay, and that's your for your esthetician business. Correct. Okay. And what I'll post on there are a couple of things. One is to look at the list of things that you may or may not put on your skin every day. It's pretty astounding. I, I think the first time I took it, I was putting 25 of those things on my skin. No way. How yeah. do you even have the time for that, girlfriend? Yeah, I know. Maybe <laughs> I should put a little less makeup on once in a while. <laughs> but, you know, shampoo, conditioner. Right. That um, counts. Hairspray, mousse. I mean, that's just, there's four right there for your hair. Right. That's a good point. It, it adds up and you don't think about it. And then the other thing I'm going to post are uh, ingredients to avoid. Things that can be harmful and toxic to your body. Maybe you say, oh, it's only my toothpaste that has that. Well, how many times a day are you using that? Right. You know, you're using it every single day for your whole life. You really want to turn over those boxes and read those labels. Well, you know, I have daughters and I've been trying to explain this to them. And let me tell you, moms, you need to get to your girls well, well before 10 on this. You don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to need this information until they're teenagers, but they aren't listening to you by that point. So I, you have to model this behavior at a very early age and explain to them when they're little that, um, that there are things we want to avoid. And they put them in bright, shiny colors and they give them pretty smells. And these things contribute to what I think is now being understood as the toxic load on the body. And so we've gotten so... I don't know, separated from nature in the way we live our lives and we conduct ourselves in society that we don't even recognize how how we are bombarding our natural, you know, cleansing body cycles and all of those things. Absolutely. And so um, do you want to mention what some of those products are to avoid? No, or, I mean, um, ingredients or, or should we go through that list and, and look it up? And yeah, I know I'm that give you the list because they're pretty technical. Names sure. I think people are going to want to take out a pen and paper and look at it. Sure. Yeah. I know that for me um, and this is so funny because, OK, so you'll, you'll remember way back and many of our listeners maybe aren't as old as I am, which I'm just venturing to say they're <laughs> absolutely not as old as I am. <laughs> we are. We are. We are on a college <laughs> campus after all, right? But um, 
but having brought that up, I realized, and I was telling the girls, I said, look, you won't know this until you're old that I'm right. And I said, and the problem is, is I didn't know it either until I was old enough to see the cycle of information Mm -hmm. and how information is given to us in small doses. And then we're told, okay, this is good to do. This is good to do. And oh, wait, you know, 15 years ago, that was really bad to do. So we shouldn't have done that. So less is more. And so when I was raising the girls, I said, look, we have to get shampoos without parabens in them because that's one of the things. Well, I will never forget this. And I love my dad. He's the nicest, sweetest person on the planet. So this is definitely not a dig on him. But I was telling him, I go, don't let my little babies hold the Costco receipts. I said, there's bisphenol. And um, on the receipt paper, you know, the NCR paper that they use, I go, it's not good for them. And he goes, what? That sounds crazy. And he took the receipt and he rubbed her arm with it. And I go, I go, I can't (laughs) believe you did that. And so basically he thought, you know, 25 years ago, I was the crazy one. Well, how long did it take for those things to enter into the news cycle and get, you know, out into our conscious awareness of what is and what isn't good. So this is this is one of the beautiful advantages of aging is you can look back and you can see how many mistakes we were made. Well, the one I was going to bring up with was that green soap they used in hospitals. It was this white milky soap. I think it was called Physoderm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally figured out that that was actually really harming babies. And um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I was telling the girls about thalidomide um, on the way in when I believe they That's were giving thalidomide for moms with um, uh, morning sickness, I think is what it was. I'll have to do my research. And please don't hold me on that because I am doing this <laughs> off the cuff. But, you know, they didn't come right out and, and say, hey, this is producing birth defects right away. That is a huge one to go look at. So you look at enough of those stories and you realize, even though you think that we have all these agencies out there to protect us, you really are the only one that can protect yourself. And so how we go about doing that It's interesting because you will get bullied, you know? I mean, I just cannot believe how much... Um, well, I have a really strong backbone, so it doesn't really affect me, but not everybody does. Yeah. And young people are impressionable and they see these beautiful products, these beautiful product stores. My daughter walked into um, Ulta yesterday and she said, Mom... Oh, she texted me because I was waiting for her at a remote location. She goes, Mom, this place overwhelms me. And I said, man, <laughs> you got to walk into a place with that, like a pl- with a plan. You cannot walk in there without a plan because you can get overwhelmed really quickly. And I said, well, look at the ingredients. That's the best thing to do is just flip it over and look at the ingredients. But you have to be armed with some information. So thank you for offering that list. It's going to be great. Good. Um, There's some other things that you would like to talk to us about in the summer that are just general care and use um, for the face so my big thing is I just wear a hat and keep the sun out but not everybody is up for that option so tell us some things to consider now that um, we're really getting to have some nice heat here in the in the local beach community well, I'm just going to say sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. And you're not worried about <laughs> toxic sunscreens? or well, I, I am, absolutely. Um, there's a brand called Suntegrity that is just lovely. They have different tints. They have lipsticks. They have all these lovely things that are what I want, what teenagers want, but all the toxins aren't there. It was created by a woman. I, I, I hope I'm getting this story right. I believe she had two family members with cancer okay, and decided to create something that was going to be non-toxic because as we know, we, I would say 70% of my patients that come in are deficient in vitamin D. Well, how is that even possible here in California? And especially in a beach community, I don't get that. What is, what is really going on with that deficiency? I don't get that. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's bodies not absorbing it. Our bodies are not as healthy as they should be. And we're not able to absorb things because we have so much toxins in our body. So really thinking about doing a cleanse and and changing products out. I'm not saying go into your house, throw everything away and start over. I'm not saying that. But, you know, think oh, it's about, not a bad idea, though, well, to yeah, really be <laughs> somewhat aggressive. I mean, I, I do that. I, I try to have as much of it. Out of, my girls will get these gifts and I just kind of squirrel them away when they're not looking good because it's just not. I mean, Man, it's just scary. If you if you arm yourself with a little bit of information, and you you will will be 
really surprised at how bad some of the stuff is yeah, on it's, the market. It's, it really is scary. But especially and stuff coming from China, too, where there's no regulation. Right. You can't just order things on Amazon and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, I would love to provide a list of products that we recommend to um, not just our cancer patients, but to everybody so that they're not putting all this toxic garbage in their skin all the time. You know, you think about like we were talking about during the summer and you're spraying yourself with sunscreen, hopefully. But if you're doing it head to toe and you're doing it several times a day and you're using something toxic, Mm -hmm. that's think about how much you're putting in your body that you shouldn't be. So years ago, I was we moved to Australia and we were working on a project. My husband's a pathologist and we were working on a project that, um, that was obviously cancer related. It was a diagnostic tool and we were there because the skin cancer rates are so high in Australia. And I have to tell you that it was one of the most liberating experiences. I'm very fair skinned. Uh, My mother was blonde. My father was a redhead. And because of that, I cannot go out and just sit in the sun like everybody. I never can get tan. I mean, I can, you know, stop being ghost white. <laughs> but um, but nonetheless, I expose myself to the sun very carefully. And the sun is more intense these days. There's just no arguing about it. You just can't expose yourself in the same way we used to be able to. So, um, but what was so cool, and it made me so happy, and this hadn't hit the U.S. yet at the time. This was around 2002. Everybody wore these really long board shorts and these um, turtleneck long sleeve um, rash guards. Mm -hmm. And everybody had a hat on the beach. So you basically went fully clothed to the beach. Everybody had a a UV protecting tent. So I loved the beach there. I was so happy there because I wasn't the only one, you know, dressed up, completely covered. And... um, and everybody else was like this, so it was easy for the kids to dress that way. Everybody was protected with these little full, you know, jumper suits. And it was amazing. I loved the beach because I could be out in it and not, you know, be doused in chemicals and not risk my health, really. Right. It was awesome. That's so amazing. I don't ever see that really happening here because we really like our bikinis. Well, I, I have to tell you, I was in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago, and I did notice more people with the rash guards and hats mm. and umbrellas, and it made me smile. <laughs> yeah, because because it's starting to um, invade the public awareness, and that's actually a really good thing. Absolutely. Well, we are drawing down on our time. Can you think of some other things that would be really helpful for the summer? Um, that you oh and share the line that you said was was integrity integrity is it a local person you, or I, I, you'd have to get it online um, okay. if you can't find it you are more than welcome to contact me I can certainly help you out with that okay integrity integrity and they have everything from sunscreen to makeup mm. to lipstick and things like that so really it can be your whole summer face okay which that's what I like is just making sure that what you're putting on is actually blocking out the sun. And um, is non-toxic. Right. Okay. So I, I'm not often in an esthetician's ex, um, presence. So is face washing essential? Because yeah, that yeah. is totally off to the side. But I mean, I don't wear a lot of makeup anymore. And that was just kind of a, I don't know, that was a difficult decision to just to make. But I just thought, you know what, until I can really tease out what is and isn't healthy about that part of the day, I'm just going to abstain for a while and see where that gets me. That also, by the way, is liberating. (laughs) (laughs) You still definitely want to wash your face. You think about what's in our environment. Okay. You know, you've got um, diesel gas and all these toxins floating around and if you know allergens and things and you're you're in the sun maybe a little bit and you've got the oils and you see you want to get that off your face you want to have a clean slate especially before going to bed when I hear people say oh I didn't wash my face last night I thought wow now you put your head on your pillowcase that you probably didn't wash your face for the last three nights on right and you're just rolling around and gook basically right right (laughs) yeah yeah there's nothing better than a shower before bed folks it's just really the great equalizer from anything that happened during the day (laughs) awesome awesome way to (laughs) to wind down wash your face tonight (laughs) Uh, that's so funny any other secrets that you can share with us Um, my youngest daughter is in search of something to increase her eyelashes and I was like gosh baby I don't want you to put that stuff on your face do you remember Latisse does everybody remember what was what ended up happening with that do you remember because I don't but I remember telling her everybody rushed to use Latisse it was this big thing and then all of a sudden you know the side effects start to rear their ugly head do you remember what happened with that I do what they were finding is that people's iris color uh, 
colors were changing. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Latisse was actually a medication. That's right. Not to make your eyelashes grow. Yeah, it was a side effect from a medication right. that they rebranded. And well, Do you remember what it was for, for originally? I, I It was something I weird. I can't remember either. Yeah. And so, so is it off the market? No, it is not off the market. It is still available. Um, but there's so many other products. For instance, Grande Lash, which I really like. Um, that's the one we found yesterday. We were looking at it. Okay. It's kind of pricey. but It is. Um, but it doesn't have the medication in it. You're not going to have a side effect. A side effect from that. Now, if you really just want to be 100% certain that nothing's gonna you know nothing toxic you can use castor oil that's the one she w- sent me looking for and i was like what Is you that just want to really make sure he doesn't put in your, don't get that in your eyes yeah well how are you <laughs> not going to get it in your eyes if you're putting it on your eyelashes this is this is the thing that nobody gets you don't want to mess with your eyes just use a, a little a little dish pour a little bit out use a q-tip and kind of paint them on there or a little paintbrush let it dry don't castor oil is going to dry it's not, you know, if you let it, it get absorbs. too wet, exactly, and it, you don't want it rolling off your face. I actually had a client who did that. <laughs> they were using, I, I won't say which serum because it doesn't matter, but she wasn't waiting for it to dry. And I started seeing that she had eyelashes on the side of her face. Oh. Well, she was letting that serum leak before. <laughs> and so she was growing eyelashes in places you probably don't want. Oh, them. she was growing them? She was. She was. That is insane. I think she might have just had more hair follicles than the rest of us, but it was really funny. I'm like, what on earth is this? <laughs> that is priceless. That's a good one. Because when someone comes into my office for, you know, I have my glasses that I can see things you probably shouldn't see. And, That's true. You know, so she, I don't think she even realized it was there. It was happening. No. Interesting. <laughs> now, I have a little tiny bald spot that my um, my little wax lady for my eyebrows always tells me. Yep. Can I regrow hair there or how do I do that? You can because I had one as well. Uh, and you and you filled it out by putting something on it? it? Yeah, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it looks exactly the same. It is a little less than it was before because a lot of times what happens is when they're damaging the hair follicle. Okay. Which can kill the hair follicle. Okay. So I have a little more growth than I did, but I had a pretty lovely bald spot there for a minute. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I'll be darned. Well, this has been fascinating. I really have enjoyed it. Um, if you're just tuning in, you, this will be up on podcast by next week. And we had an interesting discussion about thermography, a clinical imaging tool that just helps to expand, you know, your viewpoints on health and wellness in your body. I it put me at peace in a way that I didn't expect it to. And I think that was good. I mean, I, it gave me some areas to consider, but it also really more, moreover put me at peace, which I was happy about. So I love that. Yeah, that's a good, that's, Hey, that was money well spent for sure. <laughs> and, um, and again, I said earlier in the show, it wasn't, it wasn't so out of line um, that, that I, that I wouldn't recommend it to people. I thought it was great. So um, if you want to find out more about this technology, you can go to Dana Bays's website, Orange County Thermography, and it's octhermography.com. And again, we've had with us Dana Bays, a clinical, certified clinical thermographer and an esthetician. So thank you so much for bringing us current, um, you know, on all things summer and uh, and letting us know some some great tips to keep our, our health in check. So thank that was you. awesome. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go off the air? I would just say if anybody has any questions, concerns, needs some advice, contact me. I'd be more than happy to help our Orange County audience. Okay, good. And then let's give out the social media that you had said earlier for people to get that list of ingredients to avoid. Um, you're going to post that on your on your socials. So what are those? So that I have it on Facebook and Instagram. It's dolled up by Dana, but there's underscores. So it's dolled underscore up underscore by underscore Dana and I will have those things up for you by tomorrow evening. Okay, perfect. Thank you listeners. You heard it here and um, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Dana, for being here today. Thank you. Hey, Marie, how can I get some help growing a healthy garden? Tom, you can get help right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine every week. What show? It's In the Garden, an hour of the latest science-based information. Like what? What's happening in the garden month by month? Topics like tomatoes, pests, soil, succulents. Okay, I got it. It's produced by Master Gardeners of Orange County. Listen in every Thursday morning from 8.30 to 9.30. I can't wait. In the Garden. 
Film School Radio, the on-air online program that showcases the finest in independent documentary and foreign films. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Join us every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. here on KUCI, or check out our website at filmschoolradio.com, where you can listen to archived interviews and information on upcoming guests. That's filmschoolradio.com. And listen live every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. here on KUCI. Watching you on surveillance cameras, reading your emails, or listening in on your private phone conversations. Consider all the information you give up each day, from the fast track scans on your morning commute to the credit card purchases at Starbucks. Who's tracking your cell phone, student, or even medical records, or logging your keystrokes at work or even at home? Your data is shared to create detailed profiles of all your activities. What can you do to protect yourself? Join me, Attorney Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on KUCI, 88.9 FM Irvine, and KUCI.org on the net. Hi, I'm Attorney Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. If you use a computer at work, there's a good chance your email is being monitored. Increasingly, the E in email stands for eavesdropping. It's a growing trend for employers to tell if you're working or just plain goofing off. Privacy intrusion also includes keyboard use, internet surfing, monitoring your voicemail, hidden cameras, and concealed microphones. If you're concerned about your privacy and what else is happening in the information age, join us. I'm Mari Frank, host at 8 to 9 a.m. every Monday morning on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Thanks. Thanks. 